how do you ever recognize when you're hearing false doctrine if you don't open that Bible for yourself? You know? <laughs> so, you tell, so, so, you, so you're telling me, bro, I can't just go to church and just sit there and just get, get what I need on that Sunday and go home and be straight? No, no, you can't. No, you can't. <laughs> Ephesians chapter 4, verse 25. Therefore, laying aside falsehood, Speak truth, each one of you with his neighbor, for we are members of one another for his name's sake. Prescribe truth, we giving you what the doctor ordered. Jamal Bandy, apologist, the Lord's servant. We undeserve it, but Christ changed our mind frame. In a world full of errors, the only thing the doctor prescribes is truth. Welcome back, everybody, to the Prescriber Truth Podcast. I'm your host, Jamal Bandy, right here on YouTube. Please uh, subscribe if you haven't already and hit that notification bell to the side so you get notified when we have new upcoming content. You can also follow the conversation on your favorite iOS and Android um, podcast apps, including iTunes, Stitcher Radio, and Google Play. Um, and you can help us out a lot just by leaving a rating and a review. This really helps us find placement um, in that little zone. If you want to connect with me, um, you can send an uh, email at prescribe.truth at gmail.com. You can also call in. At 801-980-6333, you can send in your questions and possibly get them answered on the show. Uh, one good way for you to get your questions answered on the show is it being a partner with us on Patreon. Uh, Patreon.com forward slash prescribe truth. That's one of the um, rewards for tears. We have anything coming from a dollar and up. And what I like about Patreon is not binding. You can start at any time and you can cancel at any time. Um, you can uh, donate or pledge $5 and you can drop down to $1. It's up to you. It's just one way for you to support um people who have content that you enjoy. And so I really appreciate those things. Um, now, uh, you get a $20 and up patrons can get a t-shirt. And uh, we have different, I have four designs right now. And so um, I just came up with one for what is the context. Uh, as we know, context is key in time of reading the scripture. And so um, we have a t-shirt for that. I'll put a link in the description so you can um, check that out when you get a chance. Um, on today's show, we're gonna be dealing with compromise and the dangers of compromise concerning uh, Christianity in the church. Um, now on the show today, as you see, I have a good a good friend of mine, a brother in the Lord, um, Julius Hurst. Um, if you could, bro, real quick, man, could you introduce yourself to the people? Yeah, as Mr. Benning said, I'm Julius Hurst. Uh, I'm fellowship and I'm a member of World Outreach Evangelistic Ministries in Scott, Georgia, where my pastor is Robert Johnson. Uh, I'm a deacon there. I serve there in uh I am a subscriber of Prescribed Truth. I like what Minister Vandy is doing, so I just had to be a part of the podcast. Um, if I can, just pray before we get started. Yeah, bro. Uh, Father, Father God, we just come before you and we just pray right now. And we thank you for this opportunity to be able to expound on your word and, you know, get your scriptures out there, Father God, into the internet world, Father God, and we just pray that we be taken down right now, that we may be used by you, Father God, and the things that we say and do right now. We just pray that it be honorable in your sight, Father God. We just pray that you use us in a way that may touch a soul, Father God, that may put some word into someone that they needed to hear, Father God, that they may find some help in the things that are said this evening, Father God, and we just pray right now, Father God, that nothing that comes out, Father God, is displeasing to you, Father God. We just pray over this podcast right now that you continue to Help Mr. Bandy, Father God, in his outreach, Father God, that he may expand even more beyond where he's at right now, Father God. We just pray these things right now in the name of Jesus. Amen. 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 I appreciate that, brother. 
so as you heard, man, uh, man, could you give us a little background of your um uh, of, of your story, like um, when you come to know the Lord, just you know, just briefly. Yeah, I would urge, uh, as most uh, church children that grow up, you know, I grew up felt like I had to stretch my legs and find my own way. Uh, got in a lot of bad ways, and uh, I realized that the only way that I could go was back to Jesus. Uh, one of the first books I looked into when I first got saved was Job, and Job helped me just mm -hmm. the opportunities that he went through. Um, and still at the end of it all, you know, still realizing who God was, you know, that helped me, you know, at the start of my salvation. Mm. Amen, bro. Amen. I think when we were talking last, you said it was around 2010, right? It was 2010. I had uh, went to Afghanistan and, uh, you know, Afghanistan isn't the best, best place to be at. And uh, I got invited to a church service over in uh, Camp, Camp uh, Phoenix. And I went to a church service and, you know, the minister out there just touched my heart, you know, and it just made me, you know, had to rededicate my life. And, you know, it started over from there. Mm. Praise God, man. Praise God for his, for his providence. You know, like he knows how to bring his people in. He knows how to do that. Yeah. You know, um, and, just, and yeah. like you said, like in Afghanistan, whereas, you know, like, man, just be over there. Like, he grabbed you off the, all the way from overseas. Like, it wasn't in the United States. It wasn't in Georgia. Just there. Right. You know, so praise God, man. Right. You know, the word the word teaches us that God is an omnipresent God, meaning, you know, he's everywhere at one time. It's not just the United States. He's not just, you know, sanctioned off to this one area. It's everywhere. You know, God reaches everywhere. Amen. Amen. So, so where we're talking about today, um, Compromise. Uh, so, what, what sparked this uh, conversation up for you guys um, listening is um, I was on Facebook um, the other day and I seen a post that um, Mr. Hurst put up and expressing his heart concerning uh, compromise in the church. Um, the, uh, man, and it resonated with my heart because one of the reasons why Prescribed Truth was started was because of um, dealing with false teaching and then um, the frustrations behind compromising. Um, not wanting to preach the truth, not wanting to teach the truth. And so, um, you know, I figured like, you know, when, when he, Julius reached out to me and said that he wanted to uh, get on the podcast, and I was like, man, what better subject for us to talk about than something that's really on both of our hearts, especially this current yeah. time. And so, um, and I, you know, man, it, so this, this is what brought it up, and I think that this would be helpful to a lot of people. Um, you know, and this is for Christians. Christians, this is for you. If you're struggling with this, if you know, uh, may know a, a pastor struggling with this, who, um, you see compromise. Hopefully, the Lord will give you uh, the strength to uh, confront and love. Uh, you know, if if uh, if you uh, if you yourself, if you may do some self inventory, you uh, do some self evaluation, and you realize that man, I've, I've compromised. You know, in some situations, then hey, man, there's grace. You can repent, turn, and, and then keep going and find your strength in the Lord and give you that courage and that boldness to confront this culture uh, with the truth and love. And um and this is what this is for, man. And, um, you know, so um I want to deal with this, man. Like, so what we see now is in culture is against religion. You know, uh, you see uh, a lot in the media, and uh, you can look online everywhere you go. It's it's like the culture is against religion. Uh, and I'm and I say culture. Yeah. I'm not, I'm talking about our culture here. Um, I can't speak for overseas in India or Afghanistan anywhere else as far as how the cultures are, but just in the mainstream media. Here in the United States, 
it seems to be totally against religion and specifically against Christianity. You know, um, you don't hear a lot on you don't hear a lot of uh, bashing against Buddhism. You don't hear a lot of bashing against um, Hinduism or or Islam. Matter of fact, they try to protect Islam in the media. But when it comes to Christianity, right. it's really it, they really try to um, belittle and middle it down. And um, and that's and that's the issue, man. Like, why is that? Like, so what's your thoughts on that? Like, have you seen this? And well, I know you've seen it, but like, like, tell me your thoughts on that, man. Like, is the culture against religion? It definitely feels like the culture is against religion. You know, because in you know, uh, social media is something new. Uh, it's not new now, but it's something new and compared to Christianity, you know, 10 years ago, 20 years ago. And that, you know, you see people are using religion, you know, as as a as a throwing stone. You know, people are using religion. Uh, religion on social media is a Tupac quote. Only God can judge me. Religion on social media is taking a piece of a scripture and twisting it to try and make it mean what the person wants it to mean religion has come become self-serving mm. you know and it's definitely stepped away from the purpose that it's supposed to serve in the per first place what are we walking away from when we see a piece of a you know scripture and uh you know then someone posts a little uh comment of hey this scripture means this but if they if if it was a true christian they will post that entire scripture they will post before that scripture and after that scripture so we can bring some true deliverance, you know, and these days on social media, something, something that, you know, where compromise comes in at is a lot of us as Christians see these posts and things that bash us as Christians, you know, and yeah. you know, the word, the word teaches us that, you know, we're supposed to, you know, with love address these things, right. you know, the word, right. the word teaches the word teaches us that, you know, many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the, the Lord delivereth us out of all of them. And that means that we're going to go through some things in order to stand for God. That's you right. know, it's not going to be easy. We're definitely going to be in the way of, you know, someone disliking us. We're definitely going to be in the way of losing friends. We're definitely going to be in the way of potentially angering some people. Hold on. You know, but we have to plan <laughs> Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> you going ahead, man. Hey, but, <laughs> but you're right. I ain't man. trying to get ahead of you. <laughs> ah, yeah, you preaching, brother. Hey, but but you but you're definitely yeah. but you're right though. You're right. You know what I'm saying? And in in the word, man. Uh, well, I think what people fail to realize is that the word is sufficient. It's sufficient. You know, it's not just about. It's not. Uh, what was uh, for them those people two thousand years ago, you know, like it's sufficient for today, you know, those truths that it speaks yeah. of, the encouragement that it speaks of, even the persecutions that it speaks of, is for today as well, not just two thousand years ago, you know, what I'm saying, and so you, we see culture, we see our culture uh, trying to come against religion and specifically Christianity. But so let me ask you this, because you because right. you, you you brought in you uh, you dipped into it as far as compromise. So so what does it look like for a Christian to compromise? Like if we're what is like what does it look like to compromise? You know to be specific on that. What's your thoughts? Well, on uh, compromise is any time that God teaches us to do something on an occasion, in an event, 
and we don't do it. Um, it's uh, compromises also when we let our flesh get in the way of us doing something that would be right before God. You know, it's, it, it, I was just talking about social media and, you know, as many opportunities that we have to reach out to people, the word tells us in James four, you know, that, uh, whosoever therefore will be a friend of this world is an enemy of God. Mm. So a lot of times we compromise by simply seeing someone come against God and not encouraging them. Hey, brother, look at this scripture. You know, brother, do you know that God says this? Sister, do you know that God says this? Do you know that this is the way of God? You know, a lot of us as Christians, we turn our cheeks to these things that are before us. Mm. Now, let me ask you a question. Do you really think that, you know, when we see these things, because a lot of what Christians do, if we see things that offend us, we'll unfollow that person, we'll unfriend that person, but we don't uh, bring any correction to that person. You know, and this is not judgment, it's just correction because we're supposed to be helpers one to another. Mm -hmm. Do you think that when a Christian sees these things and they don't acknowledge it, they don't bring attention to it, do you think that we're not going to have an answer to God about that? Mm. I think, man, I think, as the scripture says, I think we have to give an account for every idle word we speak, every thought, and every action. And that action also can be us not acting uh, when in, in case of need. To, right. Because because like Bible tells us to love our neighbor as ourselves, right? What is right. so? What is loving my neighbor? It also, my, loving my neighbor is also in truth. You know, saying um, right because uh, so I would go to so not going to an individual. You see that in error, especially against a holy and righteous God, and, and not going to and, and, and you. I don't know. I forgot your your question was this another Christian who seemed to be going out of the way or just an individual period. But either way, I, oh, go ahead. Go ahead, go ahead. No, I was just saying, well, either way, whether it's, whether it's somebody who's an unbeliever, I'm still loving them enough to tell them the truth about God. If it's a believer and I see them doing something that's compromising, it's me loving them enough to be able to bring correction. And like you said, that's correction. So it's like, either way, that's that's showing love. And not to say anything is showing that that's hate. Because, I mean, what I love about God, there's, not a, there's no gray area in him. It's not like, well, okay, well, you don't hate him. You just, you know, you just love, you know, back. Like no, it's either you, right. either either you love or you hate. You know what I'm saying? And so right. it would be right. it'd be hateful to my brother or sister to see them in the era and not say anything to them. You know what I'm saying? Not bring to their attention. Right. You know, and call them to repentance. And um and, and, I, and a, go ahead, bro. Another 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 means of compromise in that area when it comes to, you know, addressing a situation like that. A form of compromise could be simply, you know, when we're offering scripture. If we try and take a piece out of that scripture, if we try and sugarcoat that scripture to try and simplify it, to try and make, because some of these scriptures can hurt to hear, mm -hmm. you know, and sometimes we as Christians, we want to try and make it, you know, we, we want to make light of what the scripture says, but that's compromise. You know, God tells us not to take away or add to his word. You know, so that can also be a form of compromise. Sometimes we love the person that we're talking to and we don't want to hurt their feelings, mm. you know. But the thing is, we have to we have to get ourselves out the way in order for God to do those things that he needs to do. Our job is just to get that seed planted. God will take over from there. He'll do the work, you amen. know. Amen. Amen. And so in those, in those cases, amen, I... And man, I can speak from experience. I've been in those places like that where you, 
you you see a person and your your affection for this person seems to be a little bit more than your affection for God, because if we love right. if we love God and we love His truth, then anybody who would come against Him in that way or or we see somebody doing something wrong in that way, uh, if we love Him enough, then we would we would go to that person despite that may break the relationship or it may seem to wear down the relationship because they don't want to hear you they don't want to hear you correcting you know so and that's what you deal with. you know people deal with pride you know they don't want to hear correction you know right. and so i mean but we have to love god enough and then and, and while loving god loving our neighbor enough to tell them truth even when they don't want to hear it you know what i'm saying and, and you know we say we have affection for people but like do we love people the way god says to love people you know you know, because we because right. we may right. say we love that individual, but if we're not willing to go to him, then do we really love them the way God says we love? We should love, you know. And so, right. Uh, yeah. Also, also when we're going forward to talk to people, one of the things that can affect that that affects a lot of Christians when they're trying to talk to someone about what the word says is not only can you introduce truth to somebody. You know, but to effectively introduce truth to an individual, you have to live a life that represents that truth also. You know, we, 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 it's sad to say, but we have a lot of hypocrites that claim to be Christians. We have a lot of people that don't live the life that God tells them to live, but yet they want to point the finger and say, hey, don't do this, don't do that. But the, naturally, the first thing that an individual does when they hear truth coming at them is they're going to look at you. They're trying to find that plank in your eye. They're trying to see what they can use back against you mm-hmm. in life. And they can't find the error in you. Then they have no choice but to focus on the things that you're saying. They have no choice but to focus on that word and let God work. So it's important mm-hmm. that we live a life. It's also important that we study to show ourselves approved because we bring forth proper scripture you know some people just try and tie a whole bunch of scriptures together and make it work but mm-hmm. if you study to show yourself approved you're going to get that word across in the way that god wants you to plus you have the life behind it this is this is a powerful effect on a person you know man the word is power man it's power in the word um alone right. um so 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 what are the dangers so what are we what is the risk of and for people who compromise this kind of compromise where it's uh they're trying to come out of some kind of trouble um and thinking more about the person uh like what i've seen man like the one of the dangers that i've seen that i've that I witnessed as well is you know the dangers is there's a there's a lower view of of uh, scriptural authority there's a lower view of god you know and i and i see that's a struggle in our um especially in our society is that our view of God is very, very low. You know, it's like, it's like we don't, it's like, oh man, like a lot of people just that, the understanding of, of seeing that God is holy, you know, that, that he is holy and what that really means, you know what I'm saying? But because of compromise, the danger is that is people don't really get, don't get the aspect of God that he is truly holy. You know, that he's holy, right. he's righteous, right. and he's just, you know what I'm saying? And so the people don't understand God's justice because they think God will get away, let them get away with anything, you know. Saying like, just do any kind of right. thing, like you know. So they don't understand that God is just. They don't really understand that God is righteous because, oh well, hey, I'm human. You know, God sees, He understands, but they don't understand He's righteous, but then holy, being completely set apart. 
You know what I'm saying? Like, like um, what scripture comes to mind is uh, First John, uh, First John, um, chapter one, verse five. It says, "God is light, and in Him is no darkness at all." You know, and you gotta think about what, like, like why would John say at all? Like, there's no darkness in Him at all. No, no evil, no wrong, no any of that. Like, that's why the scripture tells us that our flesh, man, our flesh is an enmity with God. It can't be at one with Him. You know, uh, uh, we, we, we have we have to crucify our flesh every single day, you know, because our flesh wants to get in the way of God. You know, the, the enemy wants to lead our flesh in his direction, you know, and, you know, what we see on social media and what we see in the world today, he's being successful in a lot of that. But if Christians would lean back on Jesus, you know, because you don't hear Jesus enough. You know, Jesus is at, at the end of the day, the, that name of Jesus, you know, and, and Hebrews teaches us that when Jesus came and he did away with the day of atonement and he did away with all of these things of the Old Testament and he became the only way to get to God. It's important that we introduce people to Jesus because there is no there is no guaranteed date of knowing when he's going to return. Amen. So when we sit back and we watch things happen or things get said or people have a misunderstanding, we have to realize that it is people that are unsaved that could be saved just by a conversation that they hear from you. It is people that are saved that could be an error and that error could be corrected just from a conversation, just from us to step forward and just say those things that we should say, you know, and that's when compromise comes into the ministry, just us not speaking up. Mm. People, people, you know, want to speak on God without putting Jesus in the equation. God without putting Jesus in the equation because it tells us the only way to me is through my son. Amen. Amen. So, okay, so what, is a, uh, what would you say is another, uh, so okay, we need to introduce people to Jesus, but what is another danger of, for uh, instance, the, uh, of compromise, where it's like we, I think we talked about before. Uh, man, he's talked about a lot, but uh, Joel Osteen and his and his public compromise. Um, like you just like you just said, like so scripture telling that Jesus is the only way. What's the what is the danger of this compromise of not um, telling the truth concerning who Christ is, what He did for us, um, and standing firm on that as far as sin and everything like that. So. To answer that question, let me read this scripture, Matthew 16, verse 26. But what is it a man profited if he shall gain the whole world and lose his own soul? So I watched the Joe Osteen interview in which he got on television. And at first he was very bold. And, you know, he spoke out against homosexuality. And you saw the interviewer get more aggressive and more aggressive as he talked to Joel Osteen. And Joel Osteen, he asked Joel Osteen, well, I see that you're against homosexuality, but you've admitted that you have homosexual members and you have homosexual friends. So he asked Joel Osteen, would you go to a homosexual wedding? Now, this backed Joel Osteen into a corner because his flesh got in the way. He had to think about, hey, I have people that contribute to my ministry that are homosexuals. I have members that are within my church that have huge amounts of tithes. And, you know, he compromised at that moment because he's thinking about the money. When it says, what is a man profited 
It's not just money. Mm-hmm. Some people profit in their mind. They profit off respect. Some people profit off of being liked. Some people profit off of you know as many things that they could profit off of. And I think Joel Osteen at that moment it took into consideration money being liked. You know, and he didn't want to take that. He didn't want to stand up at that moment that he should. You know, in, in, in the story of Sodom and Gomorrah, you know, it teaches us, you know, that God is against homosexuality. Mm-hmm. There is no in-between and there is no way that you can twist it. God is against homosexuality. God created a woman for the man. He didn't create a man for the man. He didn't create a woman for the woman. I challenge anyone that's viewing this right now to try and find where he did. You know, so... Joe Osteen is someone that God has blessed with a platform, a huge ministry, and he could take it any way he wants to. And he chose to take down. Let me, let me, if if I may just have a couple more minutes. Yeah, go ahead. If bro. I can refer to Billy, if I can refer to Billy Graham, Billy Graham had a ministry that I would say was just as big as Joe Osteen's, but at no point in time in his life had he taken down. He died, he died out at all times, speaking the truth of the ministry, living for the ministry. You didn't see him compromise. And at the same time, God continued to bless him. You know, it, some, sometimes sometimes the when it comes to certain subjects that are touchy in Chris, Christianity, the reason that it, it becomes hard for Christians to deal with is because you're supposed to hate the sin but love the person, but people hate the sin and hate the person. Mm. You know, you see a preacher step out the pulpit sometimes and they're preaching against homosexuality or whatever. And then they don't want to deal with the people. Right. Jesus didn't rebuke anybody and not love them. You know, he told that harsh truth, but at the same time, he let them know, I love you. And this is why I'm telling you that truth. Mm. Mm. That's good, man. So you, so I'm actually, man. So, what is so? Why do you feel people need to have the need to compromise? You know, what I'm saying like, um, like we mentioned, like we touched on this earlier. You know, we talked about as far as relationships with people. Uh, you just mentioned some stuff with Joel Osteen, money, uh, the fear of losing respect. You know, and those are, are those are good things. Like um, now, we know people uh, people can lose relationships. You know, what I'm saying so they're worried about uh, how they may be viewed um, in the public eye. Um, or even if it's just, you know, and we talk about things on a, on a uh, public scale where people across the world may see or people across the United States may see, but even individually, I mean, you know, that's in your own home. Maybe. Well, let, let's talk, let's Let talk see. about it. Let's talk about it on a, on a, on a, just a personal scale. Yeah. Revelations teaches us that there's going to come a time where if you stand for Jesus, you're going to be jailed for it. If you stand for Jesus, you're going to be killed for it. If you stand for Jesus, people are going to try and persecute you. If you stand for Jesus, they're not going to want to give you food. Revelations teaches us of a time that is going to come. You know, and I feel like that time is already getting started because look at how the Christian community is hated. Look at how every time we try and speak up about anything, they try and shut us down. You had mentioned earlier that they don't shut down Muslims, they don't shut down Buddhists, they don't shut down these other religions, but when it comes to God, they try and shut us down. Now, these let me let me let me ask you something. The these religions that don't involve Jesus, 
Do you think God is at the head of those or Satan is? Oh man, that's yeah, that's a deceiver, man. You know, yeah, people. Like, I think I think like what all Romans uh, Romans one says, man. Like they people exchange the truth about God for a lot and rather worship the creation rather than the Creator. You know what I'm saying? Right. And, you know, and, I mean that's Satan's thing, man. Like, hey, get you any anything from King you to understand the truth. You know, them will distract you from it. You know, son. And um, so, man, yeah, definitely, definitely, uh, not the God above, not the not the God of the Bible is <laughs> at the head of any of those religions. Uh, I love how God yeah. in, in the scriptures. You know, uh, the enemy with these other religions, you know, of course he's going to empower those things that don't include Jesus. He's going to, mm-hmm. you know, so of course it's going to be harder for the Christian to push through in these days and times because the enemy is making his mark. You know, we were we were talking about, you know, uh, we've been talking about compromise and, you know, the thing is we have to, we have to, those that trust in God, those that are in our churches, you know, the important thing is before we even start to worry about what's going on in the world, we have to worry about what's going on in our church. Mm-hmm. You know, we have to strength, we have to strengthen our people, make sure that they're reading the Bible properly, make sure that our people are living a life properly. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, we have to look at the pastor that's over our church when we're choosing a church. You know, Revelations teaches us, you know, of the seven churches, and it teaches us what churches are pleasing unto God, and it teaches us what type of church is pleasing unto God. So when we're getting into a ministry, we have to make sure, first of all, that it aligns with God's word. And then when we're inside of that church and we become active, as we look at other people, we have to make sure that, hey, we're aligned. So when we walk out of this church banded together, we can make a difference. See, the thing is, we're walking out of, outside of church and we're not banded together because someone is saying, hey, your brother has got this going on or your sister has got this going on because we're not paying attention to what's happening at our own doorstep. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We have to clean up inside of our house first and then we can go out there and fix what's going on. But, you know, compromise, the biggest compromise happens within our own church. I was just thinking that too. Yep. So our churches, yes sir. Most definitely. Most definitely. So you uh, know one of the things that No, no, go ahead. Finish your thought, bro. Yo, one of the things that my pastor is really big on, you know, is he makes it a point to, you know, know his members, to call his members outside of church. He checks on his members. Because, you know, the how can a pastor, you know, properly lead his flock in the right way if he only knows them from 11 to 1 p.m. on Sunday? If he only knows them from 7.30 p.m. to 9.30 p.m. at Bible study? Mm-hmm. How can you know if you're... A person can sit in the church pew and play church all day. But the thing is, you're not going to get any true... Um, deliverance you're not going to get anything unless hey the past the pastor recognizes in a conversation at your house that hey you're in this type of error so now he can have this conversation with you because he sees this going on so now you're able to have a deliverance now you're able to repent for something you know the thing is pastors shouldn't just have a church relationship with their members they should have a personal relationship with their members 
If you look at if you look at you know sitcoms and things of the past, in sitcoms of the past, you see a mother and children sitting down at a dinner table praying. You see the father leading his family to church. These days, what do you see on TV? You see sitcoms with a single mother. You see sitcoms with just a father raising their children. You see sitcoms promoting divorce and all these things. The, ever, the devil's agenda is clear. Mm-hmm. But show me where God's agenda is clear. You know, I think mm-hmm. it's a lot of flesh getting in the way, you know, and it's a lot of compromise going on, which is why we don't see God's agenda right now. And it's I'm gonna change it. It takes for a lot more uh, Christians to boldly speak up, uh, to boldly uh, put yeah. those things out there, uh, to get in those uh, positions where they can uh, make have a voice to say, "Hey, this right here is promoting something that's unhealthy to society," because single parent homes, with you know, when fathers are when fathers away or estranged, that's not beneficial to society. You know, what I'm saying like God is a, God, right? God know what He was doing. He put the family structure together. When he put the man with the woman, procreation, you know what I'm saying? You can't procreate with the same sex. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, they could, uh, and it's funny, they do it now, you know, because technology, oh, well, you can get sperm and do all this kind of stuff like that. That's not that's not the same thing. That we're talking about. Right. A family structure, raising a child, you know what I'm saying? A man, you know, it's funny, women, bro, like women and men, when they don't, when the father's not there, they they are affected the same way, you know. What I'm saying when a yeah. father's not there, when boys grow up, they don't have a father. They're affected in the wrong way. Yeah. Girls when they don't have a father at home, right? Affected in the wrong way, you know. what I'm saying they don't have like their fathers are needed, but you like you said, you see in the media, and you you know see on TV now where it's you know you don't have to have the fathers around. You know they're not really needed. You know right. this is pushing a whole other agenda, um, man. So I mean. Let me oh, switch gears here. Like, me, uh, have you ever, let me talk about compromise here. And so, um, being transparent, have you ever been in a point, even with it been in the past, that you've ever been in a compromising position where you may have compromised or you may have thought, thought about it and the Lord brought you through it? Um, have you ever been in a compromising position? Of course. One of, one of my biggest compromises in my walk has been you know, just me dealing with my wife and my wife dealing with me. You know, one thing that we have to realize as Christians is God is supposed to be the head of our life. Yeah. Sometimes in marriage, we love our spouse so much that we try and take God a step underneath them. So when it comes time to, hey, I, baby, you're not praying like you need to, or her telling her, telling me, you know, you should open your Bible up sometimes because we don't want to hurt each other. And, you know, earlier in my marriage, I saw compromise in myself and I saw compromise in my wife, mm. you know, but I had a uh, elder in my church, Elder Brooker, pulled me to the side and he simply said, God must get the glory out of your marriage. He has to be the head of your life and everything you do needs to be pleasing unto him. And that thing just ministered to my heart and it sat with me for a while. You know, it was a seed that just kind of blossomed because it was like, you know what? How many times do I need to say something or do I know she needs to say something? But because I'm not putting God where he needs to be at, I'm not saying something. Mm. Mm. Jesus, there is there is no there is no guaranteed date that Jesus is going to return. 
the first one of the closest people to you that you should always make sure is aligned with the word is your spouse, your children, you know? So what would it look like for Jesus to come back? And because I found it in myself to love my wife so much and take God down, that is a potential that my wife doesn't make it to heaven. That is a potential that I don't make it to heaven because I didn't open my mouth because I didn't put God where he needed to be at. And that was a compromise in, in my life that I needed to get correct. I needed to repent for and tell God, I'm sorry. God, I'm sorry I repent for these things. Please forgive me. Because I didn't put you in my life where you needed to be at. I'm sorry. And the thing is, I made my wife a God. Mm-hmm. Anytime we put something over God, we're making them an idol. We're making them a God. And it's something that I had to repent for. Amen. You oh. know, because I'm looking at my wife take away from, from what I'm supposed to be doing. I'm letting my job take away from what I'm supposed to be doing. I'm letting my children take away from what I'm supposed to be doing. I had to repent for that and ask for forgiveness, you know, because that was my compromise. Hmm. Man, bro, I appreciate you sharing sharing that, man, being transparent. I shared this was um, a situation of mine that, uh, man, it was uh, very uh, showing that I was being uh, compromising. Uh, oh, you still there? Yeah, yeah. Okay, your video had froze up, so I didn't know if you had uh, went went away. Okay, like we lost him, uh, but I feel he'll come back. I'll share go ahead and share with y'all testimony I had. Um, <coughs> oh, are you back now? Yeah, I'm back, man. Someone tried to call my phone, man. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah. I, I know I had sent out a message for no one to call me. <laughs> That's all good, man. It's all. Good. So uh, I was just going to share the testimony. So what happened with me was uh, a few years ago, um, I was at work. And uh, this was during the time when it was, it's funny we were talking about homosexuality earlier. Uh, this was during the time they was trying to uh, get the bill passed where they could uh, have a same-sex marriage. And so, uh, man, uh, I remember a coworker of mine, uh, she was a hom- she's a homosexual, and she was talking to another uh, coworker. They all knew I was a Christian. And um, so she asked me, uh, while we was, we were sitting there, it was in front of everybody, you know, and I, it was one of them days, I didn't feel like having this conversation. But, you know, when I, they were talking about it, she took my kid married to her girlfriend and everything. And, um, and me and this girl, we had a decent relationship, you know, so, you know, game to be good co-workers, everything. Anyway, she asked me, played out, she's like, dang, she's like, if, uh, if me and my girl get married, like, 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 would you marry us? And I was like... Yeah, yeah, I'm married. Yeah. And I thought about it. Like, as soon as I said it, I was like, man, what did I just say? And I was, she was like, oh, man, she said, you would? Like, like, it's different from a lot of pastors. You know, they, like, they just want to bash people and stuff. I'm like, I said, well, it's truth in God's word, but I just felt bad like that. So we had a, we finished a conversation, and I remember I remember that day went out, like, no correction on my end. It was just like, man, I just, I knew in my heart that I did the wrong thing. And, man, that stuck with me for, like, a good two days. And then, matter of fact, uh, I think it was in, matter of fact, the bill. So the bill had already got passed. And so um, when it was on the news, the, I think it was, like, the following or the next couple of days, it was on the news. And um, I went back to work. And I was having another conversation with another co-worker. It's like God put me back in the situation again, to get like like a redo. <laughs> and uh, But it wasn't, with, it wasn't, it didn't start with her. It was another co-worker. And so she was saying um, how, uh 
And she's like, well, you know, you should be able to love who you want to love. And I was like, um, and I overheard the conversation. And she asked me, said, Bandy, what you think? And when she told me, I said, okay, I'm not going to compromise this time. She's like, no. And I, like, so I was like, well, I was like, uh, when it comes to love, like God has put in his word as far as how we should love and what that really looks like. And when it comes to marriage, who are we to redefine marriage? You know, so God has always been for as a man and a woman. So like, well, I just think people got the right to love what they want to love. And so we, so now me and her are going to this having this conversation. This is another coworker, but God in His providence allowed that first young lady to come into the room while me and her are talking. And I'm like, oh man. So now, like a few days earlier, she heard me say I would. Now she's hearing. Yeah. Now she's hearing something else from me, and she's coming through the door. And now she's yeah. hearing. She's hearing me share the truth. And she was right there. And I and I told her. I said, oh. I said, hey, I said, look, I'm sorry. I apologize. I had to apologize to her. I said, look, I am sorry for what I said the other day. I said, that yeah. was wrong. I said, you know, oh, but this is the truth. I'm sorry. You know, and she but I said, but I love you. I said, I care about you. I love you as a person. You know, I do. I said, but I just cannot lie. I cannot be, I cannot stand against, um, against my faith in this way. I like God is clear on this in scripture. And she was like, you know, she was a little frustrated, but she was like, well, at least I know where you stand. You know what I'm yeah. saying? And me and her, and that actually grew into me and her actually being able to have more dialogues about it and have more yeah. conversations. You know what I'm saying? And so I, I experienced then the grace of God in my era and then be able to come back and uh, give, have an opportunity to, to correct that wrong and then develop a relationship with someone on the basis of truth, on the foundation of truth. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I'm, I'm recording right now, buddy. And you know what? You know, just... Uh, Adding on to the story that you said, you know, you said, the, you know, the law had went forward. You know, these are, this is revelations revealing itself because, you know, it's only bound for laws to be passed that are going to be against Christianity. It's only bound. That's why you see, you know, the laws passed in I mean, pretty soon it's going to be all 50 states that allow gay marriage. You know, you saw the law passed that, uh, a while back where uh, you can go into the bathroom of what you identify as, mm. you know, um, and these things, this is compromise rising up. Where are the Christians at that stand up for this? You know, when you see a Christian stand up, they make CNN, they make news. Uh, I remember uh, it was the courthouse clerk that refused to sign the marriage license for the gay couple that got married. And next thing you know, they pull her entire past down and splashed it on CNN and, you know, all of this stuff to make her look bad. Right. But you know what? That woman did what God would want us to do. Right. Yeah, she had to deal with that. They pulled her past down and they made her look bad. And I'm pretty sure that made her feel bad. But you know what? She took up her cross as God, as Jesus told us to do. We have to take up our cross. And we're going to have to deal with those stones that get thrown us at us. We're going to have to deal with those things that hurt us for his purpose. Hmm. I, I, you said it makes me, I'm bringing in mind of Matthew 5, man. God said, God said to us that blessed are you who are persecuted for my sake. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's blessed are you. Like, that God attributes persecution for his name's sake. It's a blessing. You know what I'm saying? Not being persecuted, not being uh, not being attacked because you did something foolish, but doing something for the name of Christ, for the sake of Christ, and yeah. being persecuted for it. And then he even went on to say, for those who um, bless you, even when they revile you, you know, and they um, yeah. and they talk bad about you, you know, said, so blessed are you, you know. So, so Christians, we should see that 
which it is hard because you know we love our life, man. We do, and it's, it's like um, like the Bible says, like if you those who desire to save their life will lose it, and those who desire to lose right. their life for my sake shall find it. You know, and so and we have to we have to like hate our life to, for the sake of Christ. You know, but man, like Jesus called us to actually be thankful when we go through stuff like that for that clerk. Like man, like I know it was tough for, her, but I pray that she that she found joy in knowing that she suffered something on, for the sake of Christ. You know, um, you I know, just, and even in that, even in that, I just want to on that scripture that you were just talking about. You know that uh, those uh, will lose their life for the sake of finding it. You know, it's a story right before there where uh, Peter is rebuking Jesus because Jesus is telling him that I'm going to have to go to Jerusalem, Jerusalem, and I'm going to have to face these things. You know, and that was his love. That was his love causing him to compromise. You know, because he loved Jesus so much that he didn't want to see Jesus go through these things. And Jesus had to turn around and rebuke Peter. And uh, he, what did he, what he say? Get, get thee behind me, Satan. You know, and, and he had to immediately correct Peter's compromise to let him know to always be focused on God. Amen. You know, and this is Jesus talking. Peter loved Jesus. But, you know, Jesus is letting us know right then at all times. Keep your focus on God at all times, you man. know. And I just wanted to say that, you know. Hey, that's that's true, man. So, so um, so like, what are some scriptures that we can that we can give people to warn against compromise or to warn about compromise? And one that comes to my mind, um, I could give real quick is uh, Galatians. I know this is going to go into my um, into the next point afterwards as well, but in Galatians um, chapter one and. Uh, Paul says, starting in verse 6, he says, I'm astonished that you are so quickly deserting him who called you in the grace of Christ and are turning to a different gospel. Not that there is another one, but there are some who trouble you and want to distort the gospel of Christ. But even, when, but even if we or an angel from heaven should preach to you a gospel contrary to the one we preach to you, let him be accursed. As we have mm -hmm. said before, so now I say again, if anyone is preaching to you a gospel contrary to the one you receive, let him be accursed. For am I now seeking the approval of man or of God? Or if I'm trying to please man? Or am I trying to please man? If I were still trying to please man, I would not be a servant of Christ. Whew. Yeah. Oh, that's man. tough, man. That's yeah, it is. tough, man. I was like, man, that's so convicting. Because that's what it is. All, like... If we desire to be a servant of Christ, then we are. Then we should put aside trying to please man for the sake of Christ. Like you, you can't do the two at the same time. Like men, the Bible tells us that our hearts are desperately sick and wicked. You know, so you're trying to please people who, within themselves, are hostile to God. You know, the only way we, the only way that our hearts are in right standing to come to know God is if He changes our hearts. Other than that, we are hostile towards Him. And so we're trying to please that one who's hostile to God. We will not be a servant of Christ. We're going to right. always because we're going to always compromise, and they, they even until the gospel. Yeah, the, uh, a scripture that I have is uh, of nineteen through twenty, and I'm just going to read it straight from the Word. Mm -hmm. Brethren, if any of you do err from the truth, and one convert him, let him know. That he which converted the sinner from the error of his way shall save a soul from death and shall hide a multitude of sins. 
And that those two scriptures, those two verses are directed at the backslider, you know, because um, it's a lot of people that get saved and then things get in the way that cause them to fall away from God. It causes them to not be in the place that they're supposed to be in. And once again, us being helpers one to another, we're supposed to restore them. We're supposed to help them see where they're at. You know, hey, brother, do you realize this is going on? Hey, do you do you remember this scripture? Hey, do you remember that Jesus wants us to be this way? You know, those two verses are important because you see a lot of people that right now that once believed in God that are letting the world convince them that, hey, this might not be true. This might be a fairy tale, you know, and they're trying they're trying to diminish the power of God. And the, the, the word, you know, we're supposed to, at any point in time, I believe, I believe uh, that God said to the first church to remember your first love and go back to it. Mm -hmm. You know, sometimes when we've been saved for so long, we begin to compromise and not know that we're compromising. And we're compromising by when we first got saved, we're praying, you know, for 30 minutes. We're reading our scriptures for two hours out of the day. We're out trying to witness. We're out trying to do all of these things. And then, you know, we're saved for five, 10, 20 years. And we may pray for 10 minutes. Mm -hmm. We may read our Bible, you know, for 15 minutes. We may not witness as much as we used to. But that first love that we have when we get saved, that uh, desire that we have just to please God, we're supposed to always keep that. And we're never supposed to get away from that. You know, do, do you, I'm pretty sure that it was times where Jesus was tired. As, as when he was at the bottom of the boat and they woke him up. You know, if that was me, I'd be aggravated. You know, <laughs> hey, give me another, give me another hour. You know, <laughs> let, let me wake up. But you know, Jesus got up and he did his work. You know, so at all times, you know, Jesus kept his first love at the head of his life, which was God. And he did everything that he could into death to please God. Amen. Amen. So, oh man, this is good, bro. So encourage. So what are some ways uh, that we can encourage people um, who are suffering um, for the sake of Christ? You know what I'm saying? Like, so those who... Um, We'll, we'll uh, stand for the truth and not compromise. Uh, it's ways to encourage them because we know it's tough, it's hard. You know, just some, just some encouragements for them, man. You give scripture if you like. You know, I, 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 well, I'll use an analogy. I'll use an analogy in this situation. If you think about life compared to eternity, life is only a commercial break to an entire TV show. So if you think, when, uh, while we're living here, we think that life is long. We think that, oh man, these days are forever. But you know what? We only suffer for a short time. Amen. And the reward, the reward for this short suffering, you got to think about it, it's heaven. Mm. It's the new Jerusalem. It's no more pain. It's no more suffering. It's not trying to wake up and figure out how the bills are going to get paid. It's, it's not waking up trying to figure out if your, your check is going to be short, if someone's going to put you out your house today. Where am I going to get my food from? Mm. These things, th this, this pain and suffering that we go through, you know, you, we, ha we have to realize that I don't think that any
any of us have suffered in the way that Jesus had to suffer. You know, so when we compare our lives to his, when I do, I just have to shut up. <laughs> I have to I have to shut up and I just have to praise God and I have to realize that Jesus went through way more than anything that I'm going through. And the thing is, the thing is, uh, another point that just hit my mind, you know, praise God is sometimes we go through things because we feel like we need something that we don't. Mm. You know, we're supposed to be satisfied with the things that we have. Sometimes we have enough money for us to be happy and we want more money. Sometimes we have the things that we need to get by each day and we want more. You know, that flesh in us is selfish. That's, that flesh in us seeks more than we really need because the scripture tells us that God will provide all of our needs. It does. It, it, listen, listen. Needs. It's a difference between needs and wants. Mm -hmm. You know, so if, if we may not need that Lamborghini that is hurting our feelings that we can't get. We may not need this $250 suit that we think is going to make us look good. Because God can provide us with this, you know, $99 suit, and it still serves the same purpose as that $250 suit. You know, we may not be able to get, you know, the Papa Do's meal that we want, but we have a meal that lines our stomach to make sure that we're not hungry. Mm. Mm, man, man. You know, so... We make things, we yeah, make... When, we put, when we put it in that perspective, you know... I, I definitely have to say that all of my needs are taken care of. It is time. It's times where I do have to crucify my flesh and let myself know that, hey, I really don't need that. I want it. Mm -hmm. You know, God's took care of everything that I need. And, and one, one way that I realized that is um, I had two daughters already. And the time was coming up that my wife was about to have my first son. And I was trying to figure out how am I going to, I didn't know if I had enough money. I wasn't sure how it was going to work. And I prayed and I prayed and I prayed. Three months before my son was born, I got a raise at my job. Mm. A year later, my wife got pregnant again. I got another raise. God provides for your needs. Amen. You know? So, I mean, I can't complain because I've seen what God can do. And I also seen what God can do when I get in the way. Amen. When I was making money and I wasn't tithing in the way that I need to, when I was trying to be selfish with my money and not give it back to God, as the word teaches us, you know, I noticed that for some reason I was running out of money, you know, for some reason I wasn't having money. And that same amount of money that I was making when I tithe in the way that I was supposed to, I noticed that for some reason with this same amount of money, now I have more money. Because we must be obedient unto God. Hmm. I think well, that'll be a um, that would be a conversation. I think that's one of. Yeah. I think we're gonna have to say we're gonna we're gonna get that goes that brings us to our next point: primary versus secondary issues. So mm -hmm. now we talked about this. Uh, me and you talked about this briefly yesterday as we were discussing this. Mm -hmm. And for people who's listening, I want you to understand this right now. Me and Julius are dealing with it. This is not a purpose of debate or um, or anything like that. Even if there's something me and him may disagree on, this is not for purpose of debate. We want to understand, mm -hmm. want you to understand the importance of not compromising on your convictions. Um, letting the word mm -hmm. guide you, letting the word steer you. You know what I'm saying? Now, even when somebody mm -hmm. brings correction to you, you know, so letting the word be the final authority, okay? And that is what we want to always do. 
All right, this is what the purpose of this is. Mm-hmm. And so, what are primary issues? So, the final, the primary issues uh, me and Judy talked about yesterday will be something that whereas you cannot uh, be a Christian, okay, you cannot call yourself a Christian and deny these things or um, compromise these things. Like this, it's impossible. There's no mm-hmm. way to. If you're, if you're born again with the Holy Spirit, there is no way the Holy Spirit will allow you to compromise this thing. And even if you do fall short, you, you will not stay. The Lord, the Holy Spirit will bring you back in correction. You will repent. You cannot continue in that. Mm-hmm. Now, there are some secondary, mm-hmm. now, there are some secondary issues that people may disagree on and that where compromise is warranted because it's not clear in Scripture or, you know, it's not talked about clearly in Scripture. You know, and so, therefore, um, those things may be present. And so, um, now, what you think? I, I, well, we talked yesterday. You're pretty much in agreement with that. There are some things that are primary and some things that are secondary, right? Mm-hmm. Right. And so, um, so we want to understand that. So, now we encourage you guys to study your word, read your word, read it in this context. I love what Julia said before. Is that some people they they post that one little small piece of scripture and don't give its context. They don't give what it says before or after. You know, and that's what you want to do. You want to make sure you always read scripture in its context. You know what I'm saying? And that and context is not just um, the, the chapter within you're reading it. You got to understand the background or what's going on at the time, who's speaking, who's being spoken to, all these things. And see, yeah. a, lot of, and a lot of churches, sad, sadly, don't teach their, um, their congregants to read things in context, to actually do background study, to do word study, to understand these things. You know, um, because I, I admit back then, it was it was boring to me, you know. Last thing I want to do is sit there and want to want to read all this background information. Just give me. I'd rather somebody just tell me. Just tell me what it is instead of looking at it myself. But that's but that's yeah, dangerous. Yeah. But that's dangerous because you want to know what the word says for yourself. You gotta know it for yourself. You can't you can't survive off of Jamal Bandis' uh, knowledge of the word. <laughs> you can't survive right. off of Julius' uh, knowledge of the word. You have to know the word for yourself. And in the and by God's grace, apply that word to your life, you know. Um, and you have to, you have to. Second Timothy two and fifteen says, "Study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightfully dividing the word of truth." Amen. This this is definitely something that you have to do. You have to study the word. You can't just you can't just listen to the scripture be taught, and how, how do you ever recognize when you're hearing false doctrine if you don't open that Bible for yourself? You know? <laughs> so, you tell, so, so, so you're telling me, bro, I can't just go to church and just sit there and just get, get what I need on that Sunday and go home and be straight? No, no, you can't. No, you can't. <laughs> man, you messed up my whole week just then, man. I was supposed to, I was supposed to be chilling out watching, watching football and stuff, man. I ain't got time to be studying, man. Hey, we have to make time for God. You definitely have to study because the thing is, the thing is, uh, every church, every, just because it's a church, just because a man is standing in the pulpit saying, I am a pastor, doesn't mean he's leading you to heaven. Mm. So you have to open up that Bible to make sure that, hey, everything that this man is saying, I can find right here in the word, you know? It, because some some preachers they'll twist the word they'll say some stuff that is not in the word you know how do you think homosexual churches rise up what scripture are they using what scripture are they using what mm. version of the word are they reading out of 
I don't mm. think I don't think it's the I don't think it's the Bible that uh I don't think it's the Bible. I think it's the interpretation and I think it's them not opening the Bible that allows that type of church to rise up, you know. Oh yeah, it's definitely not it's definitely them not reading it. You know, um and, and you know, we talked about um earlier about homosexuality. But the mm-hmm. argument that comes up against that a lot is they, they refer back to the law and talk about how uh, where you're not supposed to eat shellfish, you're not supposed to uh, wear clothing with two fabrics, and they and they bring up stuff like that, and a lot of a lot of pastors, a lot of Christians back down into a corner because they don't understand because they haven't studied the word to really understand how to right. to come back to an argument like that and be able to, and not you know and not for the sake of arguing like people, please I pray that you do not uh, want to argue with people just for the sake of arguing. Our, our hope. I hope is that when you're having dialogues with people, especially you know, outside of the church and even within the church, when it's bringing correction, that your heart is for the soul of the individual. Your heart is that you right. want to see them come to know the true and living God, not to win an argument. You know what I'm saying? So it's, it's not right. about winning an argument. It's about the, it's about their soul. And so, uh, but they haven't studied the word, and so therefore they don't know how to really to give an answer to that. And, you know, and First uh, Peter three fifteen tells us that we should be ready. To give an answer to anyone who asks us for the hope that's in us with gentleness and respect. And so, like, that's that's what we should be doing. We should be studying for to give an answer. You know, when somebody says, Well, why are you harping on homosexuality? Doesn't the Bible say that you shouldn't eat shellfish? Why are you eating shellfish then? Now we can now let's okay, we get into the we study the words so we know how to give an answer to that. You know yeah. what I'm saying? We can show you, okay, let's show you the differences between the law that was given and how that was given and why we don't do ceremonial laws anymore. You know, why we don't have to hold to those anymore? Why we don't hold the feast days anymore? Like you know, right. so, you know, let's let's show you this and why the moral law still stands. You know, so right. let's 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 look at that. You know what I'm saying? And then and then and hopefully that brings into an opening to proclaim the gospel. You know, to show them the good news in Jesus Christ that hey, we all broken God's law and we deserve justice, which is the wrath of God. We deserve hell, but God sent His Son and He lived a perfect life. Mm-hmm. That, he lived that perfect life that you and I could never live. And he died. He right. died on the cross. He took our punishment on his behalf. And uh, he, but he demands that we turn from our sins and put our trust and hope in him and him alone for salvation. You know, so that's the good yeah. news. You know what I'm saying? And so, by God's grace, the Lord will free them of their sin and bring them to the knowledge of Him, and they would, and they would come to worship and know Him. You know, but if we don't study the Word, you know, we don't believe, and if we don't believe the Word, like what it, what right. it says. <laughs> and we're not gonna be we're not gonna be able to have an answer for these things and we're gonna fall out we're gonna find ourselves in compromising positions. You know, and, and that's what happens. And it's sad to say on and when it comes to our culture, man, it's a lot of primary issues that's um that's being compromised. You know. You know, in in the old the old testament, you know, the old testament is there for us to learn, you know, of you know, the biblical past and how we ended up in the ways of the New Testament. That's what it's there for. You know, so a lot of a lot of people look at that, look at the Old Testament and they don't look at Hebrews and they don't look at, you know, scriptures that tell us, hey, Jesus came along and these things changed. You know, they look at the Old Testament and this is when that study and the show yourself approved comes in the comes into play because you know, some people are reading scriptures and they're like, okay, this is in the Bible, so this is what I'm supposed to be doing. But they're not reading into the Bible enough to see where things change at. Mm-hmm. What am I actually supposed to be doing? You you can always you can always tell how much someone reads their Bible by the things that they say. 
Amen. You know, because I don't believe that there's a Bible out there that is only Old Testament or only New Testament. I don't believe, correct me if I'm wrong, I believe that each Bible has both sides. And it has both sides for a reason because you have to understand the history of something to appreciate what it is. You know, so if we didn't if we didn't know that, you know, the world it went through these times in the past, that how could we appreciate, you know, the effect of Jesus coming? How could we appreciate that if we didn't know, you know, the troubled times that we came from and how the world was back then, mm -hmm. you know? So we have to understand our history. We have to understand the things that Moses went through and Noah went through and, you know, what Abraham went through. We have to understand these things, you know? Oh, praise God. Because I, a lot of, like, what we have to get, have to get or what people have to get is that the Bible, like Old Testament, everything points to Jesus. You have like right. uh, we call it we call the cross being like the hinge of everything. Like you have the everything from the Old Testament points to Christ. How the laws came about, the temple, tabernacle, everything, the prophecies that were given, um, the the promise of, of Israel's redemption, and, and how it would come about, the coming of the Messiah. All that in the Old Testament was a point to Jesus. So Abraham, Moses, uh, Isaiah, uh, Elijah, all of them, their hope was for the coming of the Messiah. They didn't see his coming, but all, their hope was in him, you know. And then when he came, like, I love how Jesus referred back to the Old Testament. He's like, hey, Moses spoke of me. The prophet spoke of me. You know, it's like, you know, and so the Old Testament is definitely our schoolmaster, as our Paul says. You know, the, the Old Testament is given as a schoolmaster. The law is given as a schoolmaster. You know, but we have Christ. He's come. You know what I'm saying? He's come now. So these things we will to hold to. And, but there's a reason why. You know, so even when it comes to the law, Jesus says, if you love me, you keep my commandments. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. like, and I think about what the word keep means. He's talking about like we hold to them. We believe them. We know they're true. We know they're good. You know what I'm saying? But we know that if our, our, our good works don't save us, because if that was the case, Jesus would have no need to come. But he came right. because it was his sacrifice on the cross that made way for our salvation. You know what I'm saying? But if, we are, if our hearts are changed, if we are born again, as he says in John 3, then yeah. we will live a life pleasing to him because we're in him. Our hearts are changed. Well, we used to hate him. Now we love him. You know what I'm saying? That's why he says we must be born again, man. Um, but, you know, that's, that's, that's what we see, man. That's, so uh, we just, you know, me, we, we, me and him are uh, talking right now, just as you guys are uh, seeing, you know, but uh, and this, and these account, this account is our closing remarks. So we bought it our time. But, um, Man, like, so about I, I just I just want to bring up one more point before we close. Okay, go so ahead. Just bro. to do it, just to do a compromise. In Revelation, it teaches us that when God marked His people, one hundred forty-four thousand was the number. Billions and billions and billions and billions of people have walked this earth. So you have to think about how much compromise that the Bible is already telling us is going to happen. And you have to ask yourself, do you want to be a part of that compromise? Or do you want to walk into that new Jerusalem with God, see his face, let him know that, hey, you know, your life and the, the things that you went through in my name, you know, now you're rewarded for it. Or do you want to seek your rewards on this side? The popularity, the Facebook likes, the money, the fame. 
You can chase all those rewards on this side, but guess what? When you die, that is your reward. Because once you cross unto death, if you compromise, if you get in your rewards on this side, hell is a real place. Hell is a real place. But if you take up your cross and you seek your rewards on the other side and you never compromise in this walk, then the rewards on that side are greater than anything you can ever get over here. So I just want to encourage those that are watching this dialogue between me and Minister Bandy to not compromise ever. Not now, not when you're going through a hard time, not when you're going through a good time. Don't compromise. Amen, bro. Amen. So, um, man, I think that's I think that's good, man. Um, so real quick before we before we um, close off the podcast, you have an album that's out now. You know, yeah. I, and I, I appreciate your humility, bro. Like in your intro, man, you didn't you didn't even mention that you're uh, that you're a golfer rap artist, uh, you know, coming up, man. And I, and I, I appreciate God for your humility in that, man. But I want to let people know, uh, man, Mr. Julius Hurst here is a gospel hip hop artist. Uh, he just released an yeah. album uh, called Child of God. Uh, you want to uh, talk about that just a little bit briefly before we uh, close out? I have an album that's out right now called The Child of God. Um, you guys can get it digitally online at julius.herenow.com. Um, you can also get hard copies uh, if you click on the CD Baby link from that website. Uh, you can also hit me up directly. Just look up Julius Hurst on Facebook. You can send me a message, uh, PayPal, money through Facebook, Cash App. Um, listen, I'm nobody important, all right? Uh, this music is not to glorify me. I'm not seeking to be famous. I'm seeking to just talk about Jesus. This album is my testimony, but it's pointing back to God. You know, the this is not about me, This, which is why I didn't, you know, said in, anywhere in this podcast that, hey, I'm a christian rap artists or anything like that because i wasn't trying to bring any attention to me and take away from god's word that we were about to talk about but yeah julius child of god uh support i, I just pray that you know it, when you listen to it if you truly listen to it that you just hear the testimony and you know you see a broken man that found god and i just pray that it helps somebody you know amen bro um, so real quick, man, before um, we're going to go, I'm going to play a snippet of the song. Um, this is um, one of the songs called Russian Roulette, and this is around the second verse of that song. I just want to play a snippet of that because um, that kind of speaks into what we was talking about here. Um, so um, real quick, I'm going I'm to get it so you can hear it on your end real quick, bro. But I remember back to back then Back when the devil would terrorize my streets So I didn't get a lot And demons was after me staying sane So I would drink a lot Barely knew scripts but knew enough that I would call God Open my eyes and for that moment they was called off Trying to configure shacking up living I was playing house Me and my old lady would have it out Sex presented the issue because I knew that I was unprepared To make it a holy union But still I fully took it there God don't dwell in the couple place of evil That's me believing somebody they introduced us the Bible tells us to try the spirit to see if it's of God Cause we know that he never gives in the head nod But his preachers teaching the people that he will tolerate our cricket way as long as you try The Father's gonna bless you anyway, beware the false prophet He never wants you getting saved Search for the real, cause faith will have you down in hell's gates Hell's no place for a child of God trying to get to heaven Wanna see happiness after death, then quit half-stepping Copy, hello world, this was what I was Sitting at the crossroads, looking back 
Yo, man. <laughs> Banging, bro. <laughs> Banging. Appreciate it. Yeah, man. Appreciate it. Hold on a second. Let me um, fix this here. All right. Got you here, man. All right. So, hey, everybody who's listening, I appreciate you for uh, sticking with us through this time. I hope this has been encouraging to you. If Once again, I know we said this earlier. Once again, if you find yourself in a position where you have been in a compromising position and you've fallen, Know that there's grace. Turn from that and look to Christ and seek Christ for strength and boldness to proclaim his truth to this fallen world because they need it. Um, and you know, this world is full of errors. That's why we prescribe truth to it. So, hey, do that. This is, you know, this is a Christian duty. This is our duty to proclaim truth uh, to this world. You know, um, and I want to just encourage you with that. You know, don't feel, um, you don't have to feel like you're, you're by yourself. Understand God is yet with you. Even in those times of moments of persecution and um, and despair, He's with you. He's, he promised He will be with us until the end of the age, and that's a, you know that's a promise He will keep. Believe that. So, uh, without anything else, man, Julius, thank you for getting on with me, man. Thank you for having this conversation with me. This is very fruitful. You me. Yeah, man, no problem, bro. Uh, man, so once again, y'all remember, in a world full of errors, the only thing a doctor prescribes is truth. Blessings. If we preaching and teaching, believe in Jesus' power to change the hearts of the heathen. The word of God, yes, breathe, and in truth is what we reason with lifting the risen king who rose for all of his children.